time. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 21. Tomorrow is Halloween, and people for some time have been putting supernatural symbols on their houses. Some have been dressing up, uh, wearing supernatural symbols. Others will dress up uh, tomorrow as witches and other supernatural creatures. I don't have a television, but I predict that there are all kinds of TV shows um, uh, that will involve the supernatural magic. But these fail to tell the cost of involvement in the supernatural. I was reading a testimony of a lady named Jenny Weaver involved in witchcraft for many years. This is her Testimony, she said, witchcraft opened me to drugs. I became addicted to meth and heroin. I was tormented by voices whispering, cut yourself, cut yourself. I began cutting every day. At one time, I counted 56 cuts on one arm. My arm looked like it went through a shredder. In my house, I felt an evil presence that left me terrified all the time. I began to fear that one day demons would kill me in my sleep, she says, I was drawn to magic, but there was a cost that I didn't expect. Jenny is giving her modern testimony of what we're going to read about in the man, uh, life of a man named Manasseh, who is drawn to magic, he's drawn to witchcraft in various kinds, but he learned that there is a cost to magic. And so I want to preach about the cost of magic, 2 Kings 21. Verse 6, this is Manasseh, he made his son pass through the fire. He practiced soothsaying. He used witchcraft. He consulted spiritists and mediums. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. The cost of magic. I want to begin, I want to talk about the, the search for power. We live in a world where supernatural power has been glamorized. It's been normalized. Movie and TV shows are dealing with magic, the spirit world, supernatural uh, power. No doubt that is a deliberate strategy to make people uh, curious, to make witchcraft seem harmless and normal and uh, even fun. Very interesting when I was uh, uh, reading up uh, for this sermon, reading testimonies of people that used to be involved in witchcraft. Numbers of them said they got involved in witchcraft after watching a movie about witchcraft. And then they were drawn into this. I read an interesting statistic said 57% of uh, uh, evangelical, that's uh, people are supposed to be Christians, young people, claim to have some involvement in witchcraft uh, in one way or another. Think about that. Supposed to be Christians, and yet because of what they're seeing in the world, they're um, attracted to supernatural power. There is something in people's hearts that they are drawn. They want supernatural power in their lives. They look at the problems of their life, they look at the limitations, and they wish they had supernatural power. Super means above or beyond. So when we're talking about supernatural, we're talking about power that is 
beyond or above natural power. Look at the different kinds of supernatural that people seek and numbers of these, they come under categories. And the first of those is people seek insight. People are drawn to the supernatural because they're looking for supernatural wisdom. Some people, they want to know the future. What is going to happen to me or my family? Personally, I think anybody who wants to see the future, you're insane. But nonetheless, there are people, they want to know this. In our text, it says Manasseh was involved with soothsayers. This is not a word we use a lot today. But in other words, this is someone who claims to have supernatural wisdom. Spiritists. He was consulting people. Their claim was, I can speak and connect to the spirit world. And then he consulted mediums. This is someone who claims they can speak to dead people. And so what Manasseh was looking for was supernatural insight. I want to know, I want to see, but I want to see it supernaturally, whether that's the future or what I should be doing uh, right now. Today, witchcraft insight can come in different forms. Astrology is a form of trying to see into the future of how you should live your life. A Ouija board is a gaining insight from spirits. In the Western version, we have people of mediums. There are people that they would like to be able to speak to dead people, dead relatives, because I miss them or because we never got to finish uh, uh, conversations. But in other places, there are people that they believe that their dead relatives, their ancestors are actively involved in their lives. Your dead relatives in some way, they can help you. The, uh, in Africa, it was ancestor worship. In the Latin countries, uh, they celebrate Dia de los Muertos. The same version or the same idea, it is your dead relatives. We're going to honor them because they have something to do with our lives. So insight is the first main category of why people are drawn to the supernatural. And the second is power. The allure of magic and witchcraft is the promise of supernatural power, whether they call this luck. I have been in nations and I've seen uh, uh, signs and advertising by people involved in witchcraft. They're, they are saying they can help you with luck. Good things can come to your life magically. That is the allure of it. Power. You read testimonies of people who used to be involved in witchcraft. A common testimony that they say is, my life was out of control. They will talk about a divorce their parents went through when they're young, or I was molested when I was young. So in their life, their life feels out of control, so they're drawn to supernatural power, so I can control and I can change things. People want supernatural protection. They want a supernatural protection from harm, protection from the evil eye, from envy in different ways or other people's uh, uh, witchcraft. And then people are seeking 
supernatural healing. And I'm not talking about healing that comes from God. The promise of much magic or supernatural power is that it will bring physical healing. Every culture has a form of supernatural healer. Spanish, uh, they might say, in Africa, it'd be a witch doctor or a juju man, but this is someone who promises magic healing. In Western cultures, we call it alternate healing. And they will have different, we can, through your eye, through your foot, through your hand, through different. How does it work? It's like aligning energy. It's almost like magic. That's exactly right because it's supernatural. And then the final uh, uh, draw of, of uh, supernatural is witchcraft. Witchcraft literally means power over people. And this is what some people are drawn to through charms or spells or potions in, in uh, different ways. People want to be able to hurt people they don't like. They want to get revenge. That's a common testimony that I read is I wanted to take revenge on someone who hurted me, molested me, violated me in, in some way. Witchcraft is changing another person's will so you do what they want. I remember as a kid, used to hear the song, you know, Love Potion Number 9. And to me, that was like, a, you know, it's a made-up song. Until I moved to Africa, and a witch doctor told me about how he used to give girls food that had mixed in with it a love potion. And the idea was that they would be irresistibly drawn to me. Think about this. So that means you don't have to bathe or brush your teeth. You don't have to be nice. All you do is just drink this and they will be irresistibly drawn to you. So there is something in the human heart that is drawn to supernatural power. But you see, magic and supernatural power is based on a false premise. The starting point is wrong, and that is, I can live however I want and yet have supernatural power. I don't have to listen to God in order to have supernatural power. That actually is the oldest lie in the world. The first people in this world, they were lied to by the devil. You can be as gods. You can determine what is right and wrong, what will be good for your life. It's interesting in the Old Testament... All of the warnings against witchcraft were written to people who were supposed to belong to God. So they say, I want God, but I, they are tempted by the, uh, the promise of supernatural power. And this supernatural power, I will be able to control it. Listen to me. There are only two sources of supernatural power, either God or the devil. If you have something, and it, how does it work? I, you know, we just don't really know how that, that means it's from hell. If it didn't come from God, it is supernatural. And John 10.10 10 says, the thief, talking about the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Let's talk secondly about the cost of false power. 
Here's the problem. People who seek magic or supernatural power, they get ripped off. The devil is a liar. The Bible says he's the father of lies. He promises things that he doesn't deliver. Here's the problem. First of all, is people who seek supernatural power, the vast majority of them never get what they want. We just read one verse out of the life of a man named Manasseh. Manasseh rejects God. He turns to spiritists, mediums, soothsayers, seeking supernatural insight, supernatural power. But that is not what he got. If we would have read the whole story of Manasseh's life, you would discover that his kingdom was conquered. He wound up living as a slave in Babylon. So all of the promises that these people were saying, you can have supernatural power, he wasted his time and his money, and witchcraft ruined him. Remember in South Africa, we're doing an outreach in this uh, uh, area, unbelievable poverty. As far as the eye can see, it's tin shacks. People are just living in, in tin shacks. And I will never forget, on the side of a tin shack, handwritten, it said, do you need luck? For 300 rand, I can help you with, and there was a long list of, you know, you have problems in marriage, love, money, health, all these kind of things. I stopped the people from the church one hour, and I said, look at this. If this guy is so powerful, why is he living in a shack? Is, is there not one person who went there to pay money? Like, you're going to help me, but you're living in a shack. Apparently, you're not really good at this. It's a lie. You, there's, this is a, a, a ripoff. You know, here's, here's the people who claim to have supernatural insight. Why don't the spirits ever tell them the lottery numbers? Come on, let's get real. They're so smart, just tell me the lottery numbers. Right? There's going to be a lottery tomorrow for a billion. Some of you are going, really? No, that's, I'm not saying that's good. In Africa, I would deal with people that were involved in ancestor worship, and I would have them explain that to me. My dead relatives, they helped me in my life. And I would ask them, your dead relatives, were they poor? Yes. Did they have a lot of problems? Yes. Were they, they have addiction problems? Yes. And I said, while they're alive, they couldn't help themselves, but now that they're dead, they can help you? That's, that you're getting ripped off here. That doesn't make sense. Common mark of those who are selling magic, and I'm not talking about card tricks, I'm talking witchcraft. They will ask you for more money for what hasn't worked so far. The common testimonies I read of people involved in witchcraft, here they are, the promise they got into, I'll have all this power, but I was poor. I was struggling in love, struggling in relationships, struggling with problems of every kind. I've, for many years of pastoring, I've noticed this. People that go to magic healers, alternate healers, they never actually get healed. It just moves. 
I went to this healer, I had a shoulder problem, and the shoulder problem went away, and now I have a problem in my knee. And then I paid more money, and my knee is fixed, but boy, my hip is killing me. So, are you not getting this? You're getting ripped off. Second cost of magic is that you are tormented by fear. People that I have dealt with through the years, and, and I'm talking many people, the mark of those who are involved in witchcraft, they are dominated and tormented by fear. We read about a king, another king in the Old Testament, Ahaziah, that not only was he sick, he was tormented, afraid for the future. The Bible tells about a sorcerer named Simon in Acts chapter 8. He bewitched the people. He put fear in their minds so that they were open to being manipulated. I used to deal with people that they believed in ancestor worship and they were constantly afraid. Think about this. You know, you got a flat tire, you crash your car. It could be because some dead relative is mad at you. That, that's, that's, so they're in constantly involved in rituals to not offend. The witch doctor that I first met in South Africa, he confessed to me he had not slept a full night in three years. Constantly tormented. I would deal with people that say, if you want God to help you, you need to cut off that magic string or this charm. And they would tremble because they were convinced I will die if I don't have that. Then the Bible says those involved in magic, there's an evil power that is released in their lives. The Bible uses a word and it is the word curse. You can curse your life. A curse simply means you open the door to evil. When you involve yourself in magic or witchcraft of any kind, Demon spirits now have access to your life. They have a right to torment. And you find people are struggling with sickness, poverty, insanity, uh, tormenting thoughts and voices. Deuteronomy 18, 11, and 12, don't get involved in witchcraft practices. Anyone who does these things is an object of horror and disgust to the Lord. It's because of, uh, uh, it is because the other nation have done these things that the Lord is going to drive them out ahead of you. God says, look, you came into the land, other people were already living there, they were involved in witchcraft, and it didn't go well for them. They were cursed. They couldn't defeat you. Testimonies that people tell that used to be involved in witchcraft, living in fear, I couldn't sleep. Demonic manifestations, I saw things moving in the house, oppression. They never have joy. There's sickness, as I said, that just moves around in their body and tormenting thoughts of self-harm and suicide. The Bible says the final result we see in Manasseh of those who are involved in magic and witchcraft is that this supernatural power displeases God. Verse 6, he did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him. To anger. Supernatural power, as I said before, is either from God or the devil. 
And there are Christians, they think involvement in supernatural things is harmless. It's harmless to read your horoscope or harmless to call a psychic hotline or go to a fortune teller. Or People say, well, it's just a game. Well, yeah, I'm involved in that supernatural game, but it's just a game. Just watching, a, it's just a movie or a TV show. I do it because it's cute or because it's cool or I'm wearing that thing that is a supernatural emblem because grandma gave it to me and I don't want to offend a, a grandma so somehow it's okay. I was just curious as to what they, these people did. And some people think they can mix the godly and the demonic. It's what in South Africa I would deal with. This is called syncretism. I go to church for God to take care of my soul and then I use witchcraft for my life, my job, and my relationships and God says absolutely not. Leviticus 26, if any among the people are unfaithful by consulting and following mediums or psychics, I will turn against them and I will cut them off. From the community. Let's look at one final thought. Let's talk about true power. Magic and witchcraft is actually imitation power. It is trying to duplicate power that God already has. The Bible tells us something about God. He has all power. His name is Almighty. There is no contest between the the battle of good and evil is not a contest between God and the devil that could go either way. See, God's power is greater than magic and witchcraft. In Egypt, Moses used God's power to defeat the magicians and the witchcraft of Egypt. Exodus 7:12, every man threw down his rod. This is talking about the magicians. And they also became servant, uh, serpents, but Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. Numbers 23, the fascinating story, King Balak, he hires a man named Balaam who is very powerful in witchcraft, curse God's people, but Numbers 23, 20, he has to confess, I have received a commandment to bless and he has blessed and I cannot reverse it. He's confessing God's power is greater. It's no contest. Reading about a testimony in the 1800s, a missionary went and preached to a tribe that was very powerfully involved in witchcraft. The local witch doctor gave him a drink that actually had poison in it to kill him. But when he drank it, the missionary didn't die. And this caused the witch doctor and his followers to turn to Jesus Christ because God has supernatural power. You've heard me tell many times, my wife and I went to South Africa not knowing one of the first men that I met was actually a witch doctor. And I did not realize that at the time, very helpful, very friendly, had him to my house, uh, came to church at times. And it was a year and a half later that he confessed that he some uh, other witch doctors and Satanists would gather together at night trying to curse us. And he told a story. He said, 
that uh, they used astral projection. They would try to, in the spirit realm, try to enter into a person's house in order to curse them. And he said, we were trying to get into your house. And he said, but surrounding your house were these big men. They had their arms linked and they would not let us in. Supernatural power from hell was no match for the power of God. See, God's power comes to those who surrender to him. What needs to happen if you're involved in witchcraft or magic of any kind, you need to repent. Change your mind, change your actions. That means you break all involvement with witchcraft and you turn away from it. I don't care if that is black magic, if that is Satanism, if that is Freemasonry, if that is any version, if it's astrology or anything that you think is harmless, you must break involvement with it. God can save people who are involved in witchcraft, but you must repent and turn away from it. Acts 19, 19, a number of them who had been practicing magic they brought their incantation books and burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. This is real salvation. When you get saved, you stop going to magic healers or curandera or whatever version it is. You stop going to a fortune teller. You get rid of everything in your life, in your house, all uh, uh, jewelry, whatever it might be, that has anything to do with supernatural power that is not from God. Some people, you know what you need to do? You need to cleanse your house. Very interesting stories in the Old Testament. It tells about God's people. They would go into the promised land. These people heavily involved in witchcraft. And he says, you're going to take over their houses when you conquer these people. And he made provision. He said, some houses need to be cleansed. There were wicked supernatural things being done in that house before. He talked about how you could cleanse it, get rid of anything evil, pray to break the curse and cast out that evil supernatural uh, power. The second thing that needs to happen after repentance is surrender. God's supernatural power only comes to those who surrender their lives to him in obedience. You cannot think that I'm just going to go to church for an hour a week and then keep living my way and God is somehow going to give me all of his supernatural power. God honors obedience. We read in Sunday school this morning, the man Saul, that we know him as the Apostle Paul, when he encountered Jesus Christ, he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? You cannot have God's supernatural power unless you are going to obey him. But God offers true supernatural power. The entire Bible is a record of God's involvement in people's lives supernaturally. God doing what people cannot do. Changing circumstances from bad to good. Protecting them. And this comes through the power of prayer. Matthew 6 verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. It is prayer that brings the power of God into your life to protect and heal, change negative circumstances. Very interesting, this book that I was reading on testimonies of people who former, formerly were involved in witchcraft, how many of them got saved because someone was praying for them. Someone knew that they were involved in witchcraft but didn't give up on them. Prayed and said, God, do a miracle and draw them to you and they were saved. So all of their witchcraft was no match for the power of prayer. It is a powerful thing when God's people will pray. And you know something about God's power? There are no strings attached. Proverbs 10, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. This is the cost of magic that I pointed out to you. You may think you're getting supernatural power, but there's a cost. You're gonna, it's going to add sorrow. You're going to regret what it brings in your life. But God's power has no sorrow. There's no strings attached. Listen to these two testimonies as I close. Sarah Ann uh, Sumpelek, she said she was uh, 15 years old when she got involved in witchcraft. She said later when she was attending college, she was assigned a room in the dormitory with two Christian girls. So this is not, she was vexed about this. She's involved in witchcraft. She now has to room with Christian girls, but she saw the peace and the security that these girls had. She became uh, intrigued. They would talk about the Bible and she would eavesdrop. She'd pretend to not be interested, but she was listening. And finally, they invited her to a Bible study. She first heard the message of God's love and grace towards sinners who believe in Jesus Christ. She said, I prayed and said, God, if you're real, you can have my life. She went and burned all the books and candles and items and uh, other items she used to use in witchcraft in a big bonfire. She said, I know God was pleased with that. I traded a whole lot of nothing for a whole lot of God. She said, that was a pretty good deal if you ask me. One more testimony, a girl named Simone Pierce. She got involved in witchcraft from a very young age. Her father involved in this. Santeria, this is a, a blood rituals that she was involved in sacrificing animals from the time she was a little girl. She said, there came a point when I realized what I was doing wrong and I asked God to forgive me and I prayed God to set me free. She said, I have no idea how many demons I was delivered from, but what I did know is that from that moment in my heart and my spirit, I felt free. There is a cost to magic and you won't like the cost. But I'm telling you whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Let's bow our heads. Close our eyes all across this place.